are you doing? Good to be here, Kahlo. Having a great day, actually. Mondays are great. We're usually working over the weekend to some degree. And so being able to hit the road on Monday and start putting all of our weekend thoughts into action is always exciting. So I love Monday. Nice. And and you are in Colorado, right? I'm in the Rocky Mountains. How is the weather now? I, I hear it's a great place for skiing. It is a great place for skiing. We get tons of snow. I'm in Denver. We're pretty elevated at over 5,000 feet, but yeah, we get really, really great snow. People come here from all over the world. The weather is interesting. The summers are nice. The winter starts early. We had snow before Halloween and mm. today is kind of rainy and gross, but the rest, like the weekend was really beautiful. Last week was really beautiful. And by beautiful, I mean like in the high 60s or like low 70s. Okay. Oh, and I know that's Fahrenheit for you, so I don't know how to translate to Celsius. I guess that's like 5 to 10 Celsius, I believe. I have to check, but it's not below zero Celsius. So is it like snowy outside? Very snowy? Right now, no, right now it's not snowing. We did get a lot of snow during a storm at late October, but right now it's looking good. It's raining, but nothing serious. How about you? Awesome. So I'm in Spain, usually, I mean, in the north. So it's very different, the north from the south. And the north is also very rainy, but it's, we had a very bad month, but now it's very sunny again. It's changing a lot over the years because of the, you know, the climate change. I think it's impacting the, the north of Spain a lot. So in a good way, it's much better the weather here than it was 20, 20 30 years ago. So yeah, I'm actually very happy. So yeah. climate Change is improving your life. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. People tell me 50 because I'm not originally from here. I'm from Venezuela originally. So I moved here around three years ago and everybody, it's considered to be like a very rainy city. But for me, it hasn't been like that. It's actually pretty, pretty good weather. So yeah, climate change is improving my life, as you, as you said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we should be saying that, but I'm glad for you. <laughs> All right, Anjali. So, yeah, I'm very happy to have you here. You are the co-founder of Collab Land, which I'm sure many of the listeners have used in one way or another. I have used it many times for my own project, the, the Blind Gallery, how we manage our community and also in different places, different communities all around Web3. So I'm very excited to hear your journey, how you started that project and also What's the state of all the communities that are currently in Web3? I know there are thousands of communities that are powered by Collab Land. In your perspective, on what's the future of communities, what you have seen two, three years ago, and what you're seeing now, and what you think will happen in the future? Let's try to see ahead uh, with your thoughts. But yeah, let's start. Anjali, how did you get into crypto and into Web3 blockchain? Yeah, good question. Well, I've been an online person for my entire adult life. I started dialing up to bulletin boards when I was still in high school. And I graduated from high school in 1992. So it was a pretty okay. long time ago. So this was before there was anything called the internet or the web or anything like that. This was just getting on my computer with my modem and dialing up to somebody else's server somewhere in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Los Angeles. And joining an online forum. It was all just like 
letters and numbers and black and white or maybe green and white. I don't know. It was a very old computer. There were no images or anything like that. And just getting to meet people, like literally it was just playing games together, which were called mm -hmm. MUDs, um, multi-user games, and yeah. just chatting away. That's really all we did. Talk about just all the things that were going on. And the only thing we all had in common is that we were interested in technology and we were interested in meeting other people that we didn't know. And for me as a kid, it was really exciting to meet people from outside of my neighborhood, outside of my high school. It was just so much fun. And so I had a best friend, um, Brandy and I, and we together, we're going to do this. Like we're going to get online. We're going to meet strangers. We're going to go meet them in real life. And we just had the best time. So I had a buddy to do it with me. I wasn't completely alone. Yeah. And yeah, so I started then and it's been 30 years, over 30 years now since I've been online. That experience has grown over time. It started with dialing up, but then I moved to live journal and I joined different groups, not on Discord, but different places all over the internet, joining other messaging boards and joining other communities, leading communities, being mod for a community. Most recently, I was a mod for or admin for 50, oh, actually 60,000 person Discord or not Discord, mm. a Facebook group. And okay. so what modding the Facebook group was kind of my lead in to doing this. Mm. But my husband, James, is created the idea of Collabland. Before Collabland, our company was no-code tooling. And so it was very okay. developer-focused. So there really wasn't room for me. I'm his partner. We've been together almost 29 years. And so we have a long history and life together. This is his fourth startup. So I've been around mm -hmm. for all of his previous startups. And so I've always been helping with that to some degree. But when our company was just no-code tooling, there really wasn't room for me. Like there was no place where I felt like I could really participate in a significant way other than just kind of advising on the side. But once we became a community product, once he came up with this idea of Collablin, which was really just a demonstration of our no-code tooling. Collablin mm. wasn't meant to be the thing. Collabland was just a thing that we he created this idea to show people how to use the no-code tools. Yeah. So he created Collabland to say, look, we made this, you can make something like this. And then everybody was like, oh, what? This thing? This is something everybody needs. Yes, yeah. let's let's use that. And then once that started, then I felt very excited about that. And he was very excited about that. And he's like, ah, yes, now we're a community tool. This is what people want. Like, this is yeah. what crypto is asking for. Crypto wants communities. And yeah. that was kind of a really exciting moment for both of us because we'd never worked together before, but, you know, we've had this life together. And for him to say like, oh, this is a real opportunity for you and I to work together and be co-founders here of this whole new experiment yeah. was tremendously exciting and remains exciting to this day, being able to work together with him and run collab and have collab land. It's just such a dream come true. So that's how I got involved with it. He'd been involved with crypto for many years. He wrote a white paper back in 2016 on token curated registries. He also wrote the white paper for Moloch Dow. So he's been around the space for a pretty long time as an L2 researcher. He launched the very first uh, payment channel with Spank Chain. Mm -hmm. 
So he's kind of been around crypto for a really long time. I wasn't interested, honestly. In the beginning, I was just like, because of him and my exposure to crypto was through him and he's a developer. So his perspective on it, on crypto was more about the technology from the developer perspective. So he had known about Bitcoin, had mentioned Bitcoin in the past, but it wasn't until Ethereum that he got all in. So being yes. able to build on Ethereum, and maybe you were there at that time too, but being able to build on Ethereum was very, very exciting for him as yeah, well. That that's the same for me, actually. So I knew about Bitcoin and crypto early, I think 2014, but I wasn't that into it, but it was because of Ethereum uh, at the moment where you could build stuff right on top of the blockchain when it became very interesting. So that's mm. a nice journey. And when did, you know, the switch happen from a no code tool for developers and people that wanted to build stuff to a community? When did you, did you see like, okay, everybody's using Collabland, this tool that we built on top of our no-code tooling. When did you say, okay, that's the product right there. What happened for you yeah, to do that? That's a good question. Collabland started in May of 2020 and it definitely mm -hmm. was not a runaway hit. Like I said, we built other tools too, and the other tools didn't really get much traction. And initially Collabland was a DAO tool. The purpose of Collabland was if you have a DAO and you want all the members of that DAO to join a chat together, you need to know who actually is a part of your DAO and who isn't. Like you need to somehow verify what assets they have in their wallet. And if you know that, then you can know who to chat with and who to include yeah. in the conversations. You don't want people there who are just rabble rousers or trolls or whatever. And so it really was a DAO specific tool. So this is back in May of 2020. DAOs really weren't even what they are today. Now there's, everyone knows what a DAO is. That was definitely not true in May of 2020. So it was kind of a slower, first few months were a bit slow. And then it was really interesting because people that had tokens from the ICO boom now mm -hmm. started creating groups for whales of those tokens. So like if you had launched a Kahlo token during the ICO boom, and then really nothing happened, all the tokens kind of turned into shit tokens, not saying your shit, but most of them. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, people that were holders of those tokens, what if you had people that owned 20 million Kahlo tokens? Yeah. Well, they can start a chat. You don't have to start it. They can start a chat and say, for all holders of Kahlo token, mm. join this chat. And that okay. was DeFi summer. And so all of a sudden you have people that held tokens from before, now part of alpha groups. It's really alpha groups that spur on bull markets. I've seen it twice now, I will tell you, where it's really the alpha groups that get it started. Really, I know it's cliche to say we're early, but if alpha groups are running the show, then we're early. So mm -hmm. Alpha Group started right in DeFi summer. And then it wasn't until spring of 2021 that NFT community and NFT project Board Ape specifically yeah. used Collabland for token gating their Board Ape NFT. And mm -hmm. once that happened, it was like off to the races. I was DMing every single new NFT project that I saw on Twitter, every single one I was DMing them from the Collabland account. And I was saying, please 
you just launched a project. How about if you want everyone who just bought your project to be in a Discord chat together or a Telegram chat yeah. together? Wouldn't that be cool? Do you want to know who your holders are? Do you want to mm -hmm. get them together? And I really had to just like convince everybody to do it. But Kahlo, you're a fan of NFTs just like me. They move me. I'm moved mm -hmm. by NFTs. And yeah. when I saw the potential of this happening, people coming together through ownership of art mm -hmm. and a graphic, even any kind of graphic, a collectible, people coming together over that just lit me up. Like, I just yeah. felt like this is it. And we actually had a couple of challenges early on because James being a DAO person was like wanting to continue to build for DAOs. And so he okay. wanted to keep building for the DAO stack. Let's build this for those, that or DAOs or this or that, or like constantly coming up with new ways to improve DAOs, which is a great thing. And I agree, somebody should do it. I didn't think we needed to do it. And so that you were was more into NFTs, but DAOs also run on NFTs. Maybe at the beginning, it wasn't like that. It was on coins no, or no, okay. it was not like that. It was on Molex shares. Yeah. ERC 20 tokens. Okay. Okay. There so you were no the one of um, okay. NFT DAOs. NFT DAOs is, I can get to that a little bit later, but yeah, it's definitely, that was our first argument where I was like, I don't like this. And for him, it's very difficult. And I will say, this is probably one of the things I think that's interesting because we are our founder, James and I are founders, but I'm a lawyer and he's a software engineer. So neither mm -hmm. of us come from like traditional business. And so I would say that was one of the first challenges because for him, he's like token gating isn't advanced tech. <laughs> he's a developer. Mm -hmm. It has to be fun. It has to be exciting. It has to be a problem that he wants to solve. And he has to stay up all night thinking about the problem. And it's just like, that's kind of the yeah. excitement. Yeah, I guess it's an authentication problem. Like, okay, if you basically, can you be here or not? And for a software engineer, it's something that was solved very early on in different platforms. It's like a basic feature. When you build a product, you can log in with your email or you can log in with whatever Twitter account. And I guess for a software developer, yeah, that wasn't that challenging. No, but he's like... I came up with it. We're do we did it. It's cool. Like that's fine. Now let's see what other more advanced thing I can do. Mm -hmm. But what I said to him at that point is like we need to go wider. Let's support more chains. Let's support mm -hmm. other token types. Like I want to go this direction. Wide. I don't right. want to go uh, narrow or up. Mm -hmm. And thankfully I feel like that's the part that's really the superpower is that we have known each other for so long and Yes, we had a conflict about this, but that he was trust me to give it a chance. Mm -hmm. And also is my husband. And so it's like he's But it like, turned out to be a great idea because then the NFT boom happened. It really was incredible and it remains incredible to this day because being able to be at the foundation of human interaction to be facilitating a new type of human organization like <laughs> yeah something very unique have the words like yeah. how many people get to that like i don't know token gating now everyone knows what it is and every it's obvious to everyone but it wasn't obvious in may of 2020 yeah. it was a brand new concept that 
just felt like something we needed for our DAO. And so let's just create something fun and something useful that we need. And for it to be something that everybody needed, how many times do you create things? Of course, through the history of our lives, we come up with ideas and to have an idea that has become a standard and has become meaningful to people. Like, yeah, there's really yeah. no work. Right. And, and maybe to give some context, I was looking at the stats from Colabland and they were very impressive, but they were from a year ago. So I think I have outdated stats. So can you tell us how many communities are powered by Colabland and how many users, how many signups and authentications have you done through Colabland? Oh boy. How many authentications we've done? I think that might be the way we're doing verified users, but I don't know that exact number, but we have over 53,000 communities, which is still continues to grow even yeah. in a full bear market. Super impressive. Yeah. It really is. And Impressive, over the last yeah. few years, we've seen slowdown, of course, in the number of communities, but the number of people in those communities continues to grow. Every day, we still have 2,000 new wallets across 28 blockchains joining wow. a Collabland server. <laughs> That's impressive. It may not be Ethereum at the top all the time. It may be Solana or it may be Flow or it may be Tezos or Bitcoin. Like we support so many. And that was kind of the first fight. Let's go wide. Let's try to support as many chains as possible. Hmm. Because once you have an opportunity to show people communication, you want everyone to have it. Everyone should yeah. have it. And so because we get to have data across 28 different blockchains, it gives us more of an overview. It's more of an eagle's nest view on what's happening in crypto rather right. than projects that are ETH focused or Solana focused or flow focused. We don't have that. Like we're still bringing our authentication in our community. We have a marketplace as well, but our community tools to every chain. That's really mm -hmm. the idea. And the concept behind that is that we are going to yeah. be multi-chain. I don't know if there's going to just be a single chain that's going to be able to do everything, or we'd even want that. Like part of decentralization and part of options and what we're really trying to do here in our space is like give people autonomy and give people opportunity to kind of choose the path that's best for them. Part of that, I think, is having a multi-chain future. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think there are pros and cons in every chain in terms of technology, but also what sort of communities are built around those blockchains. There are, of course, advantages in terms of how the blockchains themselves work and, and gas fees, and maybe they are better for one or another thing, DeFi, etc. But I agree that it feels like the future will be and we'll see probably more, we need more ways to interact between blockchains, in my opinion. So you support 28 blockchains. That's fantastic. I think I haven't seen, besides exchanges, crypto exchanges, a product that supports so many blockchains. That's very impressive. So yeah, many L2s as well and, yeah. and L1s. And absolutely, like Near. That's why I was at mm. NearCon. A lot of people don't know about Near on the NFT side, but they're doing an amazing job. I mean, with Bitcoin, like I said, we sponsor Bitcoin or we are supporting Bitcoin. And so it's like going to Bitcoin conferences and hearing mm. what's going on there with NFTs. Like both Ordinals, at, right? 
ordinals and Bitcoin stamps. There's two different kinds, mm-hmm. but also at near talking about NFTs. So NFTs are in terms of crypto and the blockchain, they are pretty universal as it gets. People are using them in different ways. Maybe Avalanche or Sui or some other blockchains are using them for gaming instead of using them for collectibles. They may be using them in different ways, like in music NFTs. Those are, I think, going to be popular as well. People are going to be using NFTs just in different ways, but I don't think the word NFT is going away. I know they're trying to say digital collectible. I don't think it's going to go away for a while. I think more people are going to learn about what it is and then maybe it'll shift away from the word nft but right now it's just there's more and more interest in nfts for sure yeah yeah no i i agree with i like music nfts i wrote a couple of articles i am a bit surprised that they haven't picked up because it may, they make so much sense for so much sense. small artists especially it makes for so sure. much sense for them yes um, but I hear Spotify, they, they have been working on, they have been hiring blockchain engineers for a while. So there is something happening there. And there are many big platforms. Actually, Sound.xyz is a great platform. I think Catalog is also a very solid music NFT marketplace. So yeah, we'll see what happens with music. But that's so, so great what you're telling us. I'm wondering, Anjali, like Collabland runs NFT projects, as you mentioned, or apes but also artists, individual artists that they power their community through Collabland, but also big brands, wearables and different huge brands like Adidas and and Gucci and these sort of brands that are experimenting with the space. So can you name a few, some of the big use case, let's say some of the most active communities on Collabland, what what the data tells you? Oh boy. Okay. So... (laughs) Oh, that's a big question, but I will definitely say NBA Top Shot, like mm-hmm. NBA, just NBA having an NFT project, like they were one of our largest communities when we started. And so in the summer of 2021, they added Collabland to their server and that one remains extremely busy. And mm-hmm. it's been interesting lately because there's almost been a, re- and we talked about this a little bit before, but we're seeing a little bit of a resurgence with NFTs. And so it's really neat to see NBA Top Shot is one of those servers that has been able to maintain attention Mm -hmm. the whole time. Um, This summer I went to the F1 in Singapore, the um, Grand Prix there, and I got to see McLaren. McLaren uses Collabland. And I also got to meet the team there, like the people at Tezos, because Tezos, McLaren is using Tezos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a partnership with Tezos, yeah. So it's like we were talking about NFTs and where NFTs are. It's Look, they're on Tezos too. Like there's a different way that people are using NFTs across all the different blockchains. But the McLaren Discord server is a lot of fun because Mm F1 has its own fandom. And so people who are buying this McLaren NFT love F1. And so Mm -hmm. they're in the server not it's not about floor go up floor go down Mm. it's about let's talk about what we're really into and we're into f1 and that's different i think from our nft communities maybe a couple years ago because you're like oh i'm buying a doodle which i love i i'm a two-time holder of doodle i had a doodle i sold the doodle i bought another doodle and now i'm holding that doodle love doodles but it's like okay we like the art the art is cute but what more are you talking about? Like you have What's to like, floor? 
what's, what's the floor? The floor or how many do you have or i have a cooler one than you there isn't one thing and now there is successful communities have done a very very good job of developing a culture so i'm not saying doodles isn't doing that they are doing it and it's amazing but it's different from a brand with a product that already has a fandom to be able to join the server because then you're not just talking about the nft the nft is being used as a membership into a community of like-minded people and with the pfp projects of 2021 it's like i'll tell you why i bought because mm -hmm. i'm bullish on art and i'm bullish on technology and i see what's possible with the blockchain and i see what's possible with token gating and i am fucking into it. I am just into it. And so, yes, I'll buy the NFTs. Yes, I'll get into the community. Yes, I'll use the PFP on my Twitter. I want people to know that I am a fan of the space and I'm an advocate of the space. And so that's why I joined because of that. Now, if I'm buying an NFT for a brand like McLaren, I'm doing it because I love F1. I'm not doing yeah. it because I want everyone to know I'm a believer in cryptocurrency or blockchain technology. Yeah. So that's a big difference. But yeah, I think they're doing a great job. But there's so many other cross-chain projects now that are, I will say, I'm thinking of last week when we looked at what our top 10 is right now. And of the top 10, at least five of them are cross-chain projects cross-chain oh. nft projects so what does it mean that they cross over or that, that they, they have, have nfts assets. in different they have assets on multiple chains mm. and it's really interesting to see that because that's where the most growth is coming from projects that are not just being maxi of one chain mm. but saying we're going to have one element on chain x and one element on chain y and if you have element x and y then you can get this role in the server so with collabland we're pretty advanced and so you can do composable roles you can have whatever it is a pink gumball on avalanche and you can have a purple yeah. gumball on tezos and together you can get a gumball role so there's lots of advancements that have happened over the years with collabland but that is what's happening in terms of like who are the big movers right now and I don't know, yeah. maybe that's some alpha. That's something to think about. It's the cross-chain projects. So not yeah. financial advice. In case anyone's hearing this, I'm not giving <laughs> advice. However, I will say a little bit of alpha from Collabland. Five of the top 10 projects right now are cross-chain projects. So make yeah. of that what you want. No, that makes a lot of sense because it's a way, even if we are all into NFTs and blockchain and art and BFPs, at the end of the day, each blockchain, they have its own silo in a way, and a few people explore uh, multiple chains. So in my case, I'm, I'm, I consider myself very active, but I'm mostly on Tezos and Ethereum. And now Ethereum has so many L2s. So I'm exploring um, Base, I'm exploring uh, Optimism, I'm exploring Polygon a bit, but that's it. And as you said, Collabland supports 28 different chains. So there is so many people in all these chains and that's probably why a project that it doesn't mean that just by launching on a new chain you will get attention but if you do it right it's a great way to onboard or find new new people yeah i think people oh i'll tell you how that happens is that chains come to us or so number one either blockchain comes to us and says we need collab land we don't want to build it ourselves and we need token gating. Token gating is a thing. Uh, in order to attract NFTs to our chain, 
we need to have collab land because the yeah. NFTs that have minted on our chain are like, what do you have for token gating? So yeah. rather than having to build it themselves, they rather just kind of tap into our experience. I mean, like I said, we've been doing this now over three and a half years and we've kind of seen it all and we've had to experience scaling. And so there's confidence that we can scale and we have scaled. Talking about numbers specifically, we have 2.9 million individual Discord and Telegram IDs. And over mm. those 2.9 million, we have over 11 million wallet connections. And so wow. each person, you maybe, maybe you've joined four communities or maybe you have four wallets. So you have four presents, mm. four Probably elements. You could either have your wallet, four wallets, or you could be in four different communities. So then that would be a different wallet connection for each of those. So we have over 11 million wallet connections. Yeah. Other than exchanges and wallets, MetaMask, right? Like other than exchanges or wallets, I don't think there's another project out there that yeah. is as big and has been as you know, everywhere that we're everywhere, or most people have had a relationship with us. And that's really weird and cool because mm -hmm. the team is pretty small. Like I ran the support team for the first two and a half years, still on the support team. Our comms team is small. It's, I still co-run the Twitter. Yeah. We're just a really small group and our work is service work. Honestly, it's mm -hmm. just like the least glamorous work. We answer questions, support questions from everybody, from people that just entered crypto yesterday to the most advanced person, admin or project owner or smart contract developer. We really have to cover the whole spectrum of people. And it's just not very glamorous. It's definitely yeah. everyone on our team has a deep sense of responsibility and service to what we're trying to do here. And it makes it meaningful because yeah. it's not easy. And people with Collabland, one of the biggest issues is that we just get a lot of impersonators. Yeah, that, that's what I, I wanted to ask you about that. The yeah, please, security. yeah, it's happy to talk about it. It's awful. Yeah, because it's very complex to manage such a, you have so many eyes on Collabland. It's basically the gateway for all everything that a community can do. And then there are always impersonators. I think I had, yeah, when I had my DMs open on Discord, many were from fake. We don't send DMs, exactly. Yeah, so then exactly. you know. But yeah. it's, number one, it's awful. It mm -hmm. just sucks. We're a, really a team of service people. We're doing this. Honestly, there's been some people that have come and gone from our team, but mm -hmm. the people who stay and are here now are people that believe in this, believe in people coming together, believe in the blockchain as being an opportunity to have people from all over the world work together for the first time in a way that can affect their real lives. And then to have the situation where people use the name because they've heard of it or they know people know it. And that's just been the price of being successful, honestly. Yeah. And it sucks. Like we hate it, but we also are like, try our best and spend a lot of time on education. So if you want yeah. to learn, you want to be educated in security, you can learn from Collabland. We do a Twitter space, it's called Spotlight on Security every other week. Um, okay. You can come and learn, join our server. We have so many areas where we talk about security. We have so many videos. We talk about security a lot. However, as much as anybody else in this space, people just dive in and they just don't even know. We've had people send us their seed phrase. 
like yeah. in support tickets. Yeah. Like seriously sending us their support, sending us their seed phrase. And we have to say, stop, do yeah. not do this. You cannot use this wallet anymore. Do not. Do but like, that's the level that we're dealing with. Yeah. Like, what do you do with the, that? The, the real issue, in my opinion, is that it's a battle. And I think you're fighting that battle, but the whole space is mostly about uh, phishing and phishing scams and impersonators. It's not really about the technology. No. It's more about uh, not the technology scammers. at all. They're not using yeah. the technology. There's yeah. also fake Discord servers. For every popular project, there's probably a fake Discord server and a real mm -hmm. Discord server. And the fake Discord server is going to have a fake Collabland, which has nothing to do with the technology. They're literally just using the graphic. But yeah. if you've never used Collabland before yeah. and you haven't educated yourself on how Collabland works, then you're just going to yeah. give up your seed phrase. Or you're just yes. going to sign a malicious message or whatever. Like we get support tickets that say, oh, Collabland, you charged me whatever, 0.5 ETH or something to join this group. And then you never let me join it. And I was like, Collabland doesn't charge. Yeah. For so it's like, they don't even know that. And so it's yeah. like, oh, having to say that to people is very frustrating. We do everything we can, but people still get tricked in this space. And I will tell you, the scammers get smarter and smarter all the time. And so they use now social engineering. So it's not just going to a Discord server. Not It's like they build a relationship with you. Yeah. And then they'll have you join something. I heard of a space. It was a copy of one of the famous crypto media outlets. And so you'll have someone reach out to you as if they're a, a reporter. They work. They work there. They talk to you and ask you about like what you do and they want to do a show with you. And then they tell you to join a Discord server for all fake. They're using the name, all completely fake. And then they mm. ask you to verify with Collabland and then you give up your information and you trust along the way. They're yeah. building trust with you along the way. And that's good. It, gut, it guts you. Yeah. yeah, me particularly, I know they are very sophisticated because... In my case, they impersonate my newsletter. Sometimes I have sponsors and they know I write and they know I'm open for sponsors. So they reach out as if they want to sponsor my newsletter. And they can be very, as you said, they can impersonate a brand. They can fake the email of a brand. They can create a fake website. So it's uh, very sophisticated stuff that what's happening now. They are really taking the time to go that oh far. And so it's really complicated. It, Think about it. Yeah. It's just so worth it. And now they buy Twitter ads. It used to be yeah. that scammers weren't going to spend money. But now mm. with crypto, they can make so much money. Look at SBF. Didn't he make billions of dollars stealing yeah. from people? But there's so much money to be made that they're willing to buy the ads. They're even mm -hmm. willing to sponsor IRL events. I was talking oh. to one exchange. <laughs> so I know this really? is crazy. But I was um, talking to one exchange, a famous exchange, yeah. and I was saying, how much does sponsorship cost for your events? Because they have mm -hmm. huge events. Exchanges have, they just have massive. money, right? Right. Yeah. They just got massive bank accounts. And so yeah. they put on these huge events and then they hire, or then they do sponsorship. And they said sponsorship for their events starts at $50,000 USD. Mm. And they told me they have to say no because they have to vet everyone that wants to sponsor. And so many scammers want to sponsor. So they, they sponsor it and they promote a scammer's website or product. 
and they are willing to pay 50,000 to 50, get people there. dollars Can you believe that? That's crazy. How much money are scammers making? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I see it every day on OpenSea. The fake collections is crazy. The And that's copy minting. But yeah, it's just resell an NFT that is not real. But in this case, they probably get wallets and they can bring wallets. It's probably, wallet. and it's just going to get worse with AI. You know, when you're public, you're public, Kahlo, I'm public because I'm on this podcast mm -hmm. with you or this Twitter spaces with you. When you're a public person and your voice is out there, people can manipulate your voice to make scams. Yeah. And yeah. so we need a way to verify who's who. And really blockchain fixes this, of course, with verifiable credentials. But you have to be able to prove that the voice is this person and verified with the blockchain. Because otherwise, we're all going to be impersonated. And the impersonations are just going to keep getting more and more sophisticated. They're going to be able to do deep fakes of what we look like and what we sound like. And how are we even going to, and I don't want to scare anybody out there, but how are we going to really know? With Colaplan needs to, <laughs> to build a solution. No, but you're right. I've seen uh, this around uh, with the popular podcasters. Uh, I think Joe Rogan had uh, uh, many impersonators. And there are many known podcasters that they have hours of video and hours of hours of voice. And they basically can say whatever they want. The, the you can say anything. I'm sure I've yeah. said most words in all yeah. of the podcasts or speaking that I've done. I probably said a lot of words that can easily be used to really say whatever. And mm. that's really scary. It's scary to think right now with Collabland, it's already horrible that people yeah. impersonate Collabland. I don't even know what to say. I try to have kindness for people and understand that people are in different economic situations, but impersonating Collabland, it's just so low to yeah. impersonate a project that is really, number one, a free community project, but one that is really just trying to bring people together and to take advantage of people like that especially new people into the space. It hurts. Yeah. I'm just wondering if we take a percentage of the amount of impersonators in crypto and we compare that to other industries, do you think there is the same amount of people impersonating, trying to steal credit cards, trying to... Oh, it's way worse outside of crypto. I will tell you, it's still the worst in Web2, PayPal, mm -hmm. credit cards, bank accounts. There's fake Twitter. Like as far as crypto, yeah, it feels bad. It feels yeah. bad because we're part of a movement, you and I. Yes. We're part mm -hmm. of something that we're trying to show the world how important it can be and what's possible for the first time ever in human existence. So because we're part of a movement, it hurts. There's definitely more phishing that happens outside of, of crypto than anywhere else. Okay. I think PayPal, even the door-to-door -door, people that come to all of that is still on texting. You yeah. probably get them and you don't even notice. Like Yeah, you're right. And fake so, emails, scammers via email that usually goes to spam, that we also get a lot of those, not necessarily in crypto. And yeah, they, they, yeah. that's those right. I get much more spam. Yeah. Out, out and then also with uh, data leaks, all yeah. the big uh, grocery stores and all the big, even banks, everyone's always getting a data leak. And so yeah. our social security numbers are out there. People can make accounts on our behalf. So that is way worse, but this doesn't feel good. 
But of course, what people should be more aware of when you think about it that way, we're already used to it being online that you're a target and that you know that yeah. you've dealt with phishing. Why is it when you come to crypto or you have your first NFT experience, or whatever, why don't you think about that instead of just thinking yeah. everything? We, we should, anyone that's been online, that's an online person should know that phishing yeah. is a thing that exists, right? Yeah, but I think it's so tricky and they are so sophisticated and it's a matter of like one click and one then click. it's gone. So it's so complicated. I've seen people, experts getting hacked and I think Kevin Rose was hacked once. So but people that are very active in the space, they also get hacked. So oh, yeah, it's possibly, very yeah. complicated. But it's yeah, we'll, we'll... And really the lesson from all of that and the thing that I've heard, if we're going to talk about how not to get hacked, of course, mm -hmm. anyone can at any time. I've been scammed too. It was the Mechaverse NFT. Do you remember uh, Mechaverse? Yes. Yes. I, I remember that one. They were, they had some drawback because of the similarity between NFTs, oh, yeah. right? So that was way after. But before yeah. Mechaverse minted, before it's minting, okay. it had about... 200,000 people in the server waiting wow. for the mint. And wow. so all of us were waiting for the mint. And then I got a DM, which I didn't realize was a DM. I thought mm -hmm. I read it in the server because I was distracted. And I was like, oh, look, Mechaverse is minting. Click, let me buy it. And then I said, wait a minute, it let me buy five of them. That seems weird for a project that's so highly anticipated, but I was on my phone and then I rushed home, got on my computer, moved everything out of that wallet, but I did lose the money that I spent on the mint. And so I think they oh. were making so much money that maybe they didn't drain my whole wallet immediately. They, I only lost however much money it was for the mint. I think I lost like half a ETH or something. Yeah. Okay. But I moved everything out of that wallet. But if it would have happened today, Kahlo, my yeah. wallet would have been immediately drained. It was yeah. so early that the scammers were just taking like mint money. Yeah, they, they, they weren't draining. They were just taking the money and not really draining people. But yeah, those days were crazy. It happened everywhere in different blockchains and different projects. I saw that also across generative art with art blocks, FX hash. So it's all around and uh, we'll see what happens because at that time, during those days, it was more of the... You didn't want to miss out. It was you wanted to do it quickly Momo, because it was an opportunity. Right? Yeah. Now yeah. it's different. Now, I yeah. think now it's more of a, if you get confused and, and you think you're clicking something that it's you're thinking, but it's not not really Correct. on the on the speed. I'm trying to do it very and quickly. And it's still easy. It can still happen. I get nervous anytime I mint from a new platform to the point of, and I don't want to say anything bad about any other platform, but I'll say yeah. if it isn't on Manifold, then mm. I don't want to mint. If yeah. you're minting, and I don't, again, it's not that I hate other minting platforms. I mean, I love them all, but it's like, that's the way I protect myself. I'm like, and I don't have any deal with Manifold. I think they're wonderful, yeah. but I use them so much at the beginning of the year during the like 1155 open edition meta. Do you remember that? Uh, yes. Yes. The open editions. Yeah. I saw that. I wrote an article about that. I always check the URL of the marketplaces. That's kind of my, yeah. the only thing I check, to be honest, is that I'm in the right URL, but right. it's still complex because some so marketplaces use dot x y z other use something else so it's not that great so why manifold you also see some advantages of the manifold contracts compared to marketplaces in general 
it's just that's where my first experience was with open mm. editions and like minting this year and so now when people are minting open editions because i'm not really buying i mean i actually have i rebought doodles i bought into cool cats i bought into little pudgies so i have bought a bunch of the things i mm. couldn't afford before so yeah. i bought yeah. over the summer i couldn't have afforded a cool cat before no way yeah. And then this time it was under half a ETH. It was like 0.4 ETH or something like that. And yeah. so I bought one for myself. I bought one for my husband. It was awesome. I love being a cool cat with him. And then also doodles, I bought at 1.25 or something that I don't remember. But it's when was a doodle so cheap? Yeah. If you, so I got excited. And then little pudgies as well. Because big pudgies are still too expensive yeah, for me. Yeah, big pudgies are expensive. But little pudgies are accessible, yeah. <laughs> yeah, big pudgies are expensive. And yeah. I guess I should care about getting the big pudgy, but I think the little pudgies are just so cute. Mm. Here's my little pudgy. I'll show you. I have a little pudgy right here. This is the one from uh, Walmart. Well, Walmart, yeah. <laughs> nice. My pudgy, I guess we're not talking about Cleveland anymore, but it's okay. You said we could keep it casual. Yeah, it's it's fine. <laughs> um, this so fish, you got that at Walmart. I did. Right? I bought, well, actually, I went to Walmart. They didn't have any. And then I ordered it online. I came home and ordered it online, okay. and I got it the next day. Mm, that's good. Actually, here in Europe, I think they are. And Walmart is not that popular. They have other chains that are owned by Walmart. So mm -hmm. I guess at some point, we'll get those physical stores. But yeah. that's nice. Yeah, especially during Christmas. Body. This is the little yeah. pudgy body. So mm. I like having a little pudgy. It's so cute. And I know the big pudgies are the premiere, but mm. I think it's fun. I think little pudgies have their own kind of excitement around them. It's kind of like nouns. I can't afford nouns, yeah. but I can afford little nouns. So yeah. in that way, and actually that kind of brings me around, if I could talk about brands for one second, yeah. like for brands, having an NFT collection and putting out digital assets is a great way to grow their audience. I may not be able to afford a designer handbag at Prada this year or in the next five years, who knows? I may not be able to afford that, but I can afford it Prada NFT. And then when I can afford a designer handbag, then I can buy a Prada bag because I already like the brand and I'm already a fan of the brand. In the same way, I love that I can have a little pudgy. I love it yeah. because I can be a part of the community. And then when I can afford to buy a big pudgy, if I want to, then I will. So yeah. it's really a great way, digital assets, digital collectibles, NFTs, whatever you want to call them. It's a really wonderful way to grow your brand. Yeah, no, I agree. Actually, I think there is a thing about digital identity. I, I think we haven't yet because everything moves so fast, but with the upcoming tools. I've been spending a lot of time in decentralized social networks, so Farcaster and Lens, and they really opened the doors for this kind of showing the brands that you are interested in and the, the communities you are part of, because these social networks have integrated basically your collection, and then you can do different things and people can build that on top of them. So that's when we'll be able to share more open, like, these communities we are part of. And right now it's basically, you know, a PFP or you can visit a collection. I can visit your collection and see what you have. But I feel like in the future, there will be many more use cases to show your digital identity and people will recognize, oh, you have a Pudgy Penguin or you have a generative piece from X artist. And I think that will make things more interesting. 
yeah, talking about brands, and, and I wanted to ask you, you have been around seeing all these communities grow and also some of them disappear. What will you say are elements of a strong communities? And oh, that's a good are, question. Yeah. I will say, number one, committing to a mod and an admin team. I've seen too many communities that think that the creator can do it on their own or just have mm -hmm. some friends do it. That is not going to sustain your community. Communities need consistency. They need a content calendar that they can count on. If you miss an event, it should have some meaning like, oh, I missed it, but maybe I can go to another one and I can catch up. We have a very consistent content calendar and I will tell you why community matters. And this is just something that came up today. So James does an AI meetup every other week. So twice a month, he does an AI meetup in the Collabland server. And somebody came into the server today and said, oh, the person who's speaking is a scammer and the person scammed me. So talking about James and then the rest uh, of the community was, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. We've never seen you before. Yeah. We're here every other week. We can guarantee you that that's not true. And so it's like the community was able to come together around something mm -hmm. silly, somebody coming in. This person actually put their phone number in the chat and was like, tell him to call me right now. Weird, right? <laughs> yeah, that's I know, pretty weird. weird. But the other people in the group are like, this is our space. We yeah. come here to learn about AI and how Collabland is going to be utilizing AI in the future, which we can talk mm. about if we have time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the community came together and that's how you build community. What's the word I'm looking for? Building community, really. But building relationships with one another is that you have these moments that you spend together. And so in order to have those moments that you spend together, you have to have quality content. You have to show the community that you're invested in them. It can't hmm. be a situation where you're just like, oh, I sold all these NFTs and everyone bought them and they need to figure it out on their own. That's not showing a commitment to your community. So having a modern admin team that's serious, having a content calendar and putting out events that are meaningful, recognizing people when people are doing good work, when you have somebody that is welcoming others, when you have somebody that's answering support questions, recognize them, say thank you, say good job, yeah. give them a verifiable credential. You can actually do that with Collabland, give verified credentials to each other based on work that's been performed. So give them a POAP. You just mm -hmm. learn to recognize when people are doing work that is meaningful to you. And so I guess those are my biggest tips. One, mod admin yeah. team. Pay them, pay them well, they're important. Content calendar, create content that's important. And then recognizing when community members do stand out, don't lose them. It's our attention is our work right now. Yeah. That's what we're doing. You're giving me attention and that's work and I'm giving you attention and that's work. And so we should be valued and appreciated for spending the moments of our life giving somebody attention or giving a project attention. Yeah. It should not be ignored. It's not worthless it's everything yeah no that makes a lot of sense i'm trying to get some tips on my communities but i i agree that yeah rewarding those that are active having a good mod team that are there that they know the team is putting effort um into their requests and to their questions that makes a lot of sense and also to battle what we were discussing the security aspects right yeah. that was yes. that's always been one of my concerns, my discords and my communities, hackers, impersonators, and people sharing 
crazy bad links and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah, you got to do all of that. I'm sure you are. We have a security person on our team. If you need tips, Carlo, let me know. <laughs> Uh, I will ask him to have a call with you and give you a rundown of what would be helpful for you to have in your server. So happy yeah. to help with that. Thanks. I appreciate it. And you just mentioned AI. We cannot leave without hearing that. So what's Kala planning in terms of AI, but also in the future? How do you see the space evolving and in Kala plan evolving? I'm very interested in that. Yeah, we have a couple of new initiatives that are coming out that I can talk about. The AI one is part of the second one, and they all kind of come together. But we're doing a social fight. So for us, it was, how do we make Collabland sustainable? Where do we charge people? And so it was very difficult because we want to keep Collabland free. We want people to be able to build communities and mm -hmm. for that to be accessible to everybody, for every creator, for every member. Being able to come together and be together should be human. And so we don't want to charge at that level. So it was more like, how are we going to then give people what they want and still be able to make money. And so then we moved from the idea of monetizing our admins to finding a way to monetize our members. So we have 53,000 admins, for example, but we have over 2.9 million members. And so what if we find what our members are looking for and then mm -hmm. monetize that way, not charge them to verify, but find out what they want, what they're paying for elsewhere, and yeah. then and then create that and then charge at that level because we have such a mm -hmm. huge reach over so many different blockchains and so many different communities. Why not us? Mm -hmm. And what felt good to us is creating something that our members would want. So we have a social fi app coming out, which is very collab land mm -hmm. related, which is you're going to be able to, it's called telefriends. And I guess you're okay. going to be out and people who are listening are going to hear it, but otherwise we'll know in a week or so. Okay. But there's a Socialify app coming out. And then we also have a trading bot that's going to be coming out. One thing we've learned is that people want to transact together within their communities. We've seen mm -hmm. that this summer with trading bots and like with yes. Unibot and Banana Gun. And so it's for us, we're like, oh, that's something we can do as well. So really the meta for us is, or the future for us is creating apps, either ourselves or through third parties that our members want. And if our okay. members want it, then we'll be able to reach them safely. And we already have a relationship with them. So it's really how do we bring value to our community of communities? And that's the first two ways we're doing it. We have a social by app coming out that people are asking for. And we'll be using Telegram as mm -hmm. the chat platform. And then we have a trading bot coming out that's going to be being able to copy trade and make trades like influencers or KOLs are going to be able to have their own groups where people are going to be able to copy trade what they do. Oh, that's people nice. People want I that mean, sort of uh, transacting. Yeah. I will say this. The future is one line, I would say, transacting within your community. Yeah. No, no. I, I really like the idea. I saw also friend.tech that a few months ago that was uh, kind of crazy. I haven't used those bots. I have heard about bots that have been, are becoming popular, but the concept of copy trading, I saw this, I used actually eToro, which was just for copy trading stocks. You could copy a popular uh, stock trader and just automatically do whatever he was doing or she was doing. And I think that's very useful, especially for those that don't have the time to be doing their things. and. My question is, will these tools be 
I have a couple of discords and, and communities powered by Collab Land. So will I get access to those tools yep. in my community or how, so how does that work? We're starting with Telegram. However, mm -hmm. yes, the communities will transfer over to Discord as well. So yes, if you have Collabland installed in your server, then you have access to every single, what we're calling mini app that Collabland mm -hmm. has. Right now we have a POAP mini app, we have a snapshot mini app, we have verifiable credential mini app, we have security mini apps, we have a decentralized Zoom called Huddle mini app. So we're continuing to build on the Collabland platform. Collabland isn't just a token gating bot now, it's an entire infrastructure, it's a network layer. And so okay. people are building on top with their own applications. And so if nice. you have Collabland installed, then the value of what Collabland is going to continue to grow because that's what we're committed to. We're committed to working mm. together. We're being interoperable, that seeing what future we can make when we live in a collaborative and not a competitive space. That's amazing. I cannot wait to try it out. And I, I think it will be very useful also the trading bots. I spent some time building some bots because there are some marketplaces, blockchains that are unsupported. So. I think if Collabland builds this kind of tooling, that would be amazing. It was amazing talking to you. We run over one hour now, but it was yeah, very insightful. I learned a lot. And yeah, I, I will be looking forward to those tools, the, the trading bot and the copy trading bot as well. That's great. There's so much more to talk about that, but we don't have to now. There's a whole AI element. There's a lot of other stuff around that. We're doing a whole bunch with account abstraction and passkey integration. There's a lot happening, but I appreciate the time that you've given me so far. And this has been delightful. I hope I get to see you in Paris. I really do. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, in February. Really looking forward Let's to you in Paris. Yeah. And maybe we can chat again in the podcast in the future and we can see how communities are evolving. I would love that. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks so much, Njali. Bye-bye.